The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome everyone to Ask Dr. Dream here on Unity Online Radio. I am Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream, and I'm so happy to be with you today in this moment in time where so much is going on. Okay, is there ever a moment where there isn't so much going on? I don't know. This just seems like it's been a particularly intense time. So um, let's do a little prayer, shall we? Let's just drop in to the deep end for a moment. Let's just take a few deep breaths. Ah, Releasing and letting go with the exhale as much as we possibly can to all the commotion and all the stuff, all the noise. And let's just drop down into the silence and let ourselves melt in that sacred, still place in the center of our hearts. Let's just open our minds and hearts and spirits to the sunlight of the spirit, allowing that sunshine that is always there, no matter what clouds may temporarily obscure the light. We go past the clouds and allow that light to fill us up, to remind us that we are at one with the sun, at one with the one, at one with the only game in town, never on the outside looking in. We're always right in the center of it. So breathe that in and know that all is well, no matter what burning buildings may be happening, what sacred sites may be falling apart, or what Precious humans we love may be transitioning. We know that there is this heaven on earth that is always here, this place where we can be conscious and aware and open our hearts and open our minds and know that we're never separate from life, never separate from love. All the beauty that is true comes with us wherever we go. And in some ways, when things fall apart, we become more capable of breaking open to what cannot fall apart, to those things that are solid, truly spiritually solid. We have a solid place to stand, even in the midst of radical change. And it's lovely, lovely to find those things and to stand here on solid ground with you. So with that, let's just take one more big deep breath. Ah, or keep taking deep breaths throughout this show or throughout the whole day, for God's sakes. The deeper our breath, the more inspiration we can take in. Let's name it all good for the highest good of all. And so it is. Amen. All woman. All dreams. So, Nancy T., are you with me, my sweet? I sure am. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So you want to share with us? I know, let me just let people know, first of all, the first half of the show today is all about you and your dreams and any questions that you want to share about 
any thoughts, any ahas about Notre Dame, about, and an interesting Notre Dame is French for Our Lady. And I was just going to say Our Sacred Lady, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Notre Dame, <laughs> in another sense of yeah. the word. So if you have anything like that or any dreams to talk about or any points of view about that, whatever, it's all, we're open for you. And the number to call is 816-251-3555. And that again is 816-251-3555. And I see we're already getting all nice and stacked up here. So I can't wait to get to your calls. But first, let's go to our Hero's Journey Dream Oracle card just to see what kind of synchronicity message that has in store for us today. Okay. What'd you pick, Nance? Well, I picked number 29, which is a special number in my family, but six of us were born mm. on the 29th. But oh, it is, yeah, yeah oh. never a crowd on the leading edge. Honor those who honor you. So, mm. uh, mm. shall I read the quote? Yeah. It, it says, don't you hear it? She asked, and I shook my head no. And then she started to dance, and suddenly there was music everywhere, and it went on for a very long time. And when I finally found the words, all I could say was, thank you, Brian Andreas. The message for this card is, from time to time along your hero's journey, you'll serendipitously encounter fellow travelers with whom there are sparks of resonance. It's always a thrill to discover who you're exploring similar areas of fascination with and thus uncovering similar revelations within the same parenthesis of time. In these moments, allow yourself to be heartened, validated, uh, reassured, and invigorated. You don't need throngs of people standing shoulder to shoulder with you or cheering you on to be infused with strength and inspiration. There's never a crowd on the leading edge. So if you meet only one kindred soul on your path, Consider yourself lucky. Nurture your supportive relationships and feel the blessing of these like-minded souls for their belief in you and for the mutual blessing you bring to each other. Gratefully see your own courage, wisdom, and adventurous spirit reflected in them. And the dream symbol is a friend. And I love that it's the friend because Barbara Marks Hubbard felt like a friend to us all. So mm. the, the significance of it is dreams of a friend signify harmony, fidelity, emotional safety, and that you're living in resonance with your soul. When a particular friend appears, the dream is more about processing your relationship with them. A friend that you know or someone being friendly to you in a dream symbolizes supportive and balanced aspects of yourself. Identify the three qualities this person most represents to you and recognize you are connecting with these aspects of yourself. And the mantra is, my fellow travelers, infuse me with rocket fuel so I can go further than I could on my own. Woo! Well done, Nance. Thank you. One thing I love about the message of that card, I was talking to somebody who picked that card the other day. They said, what else? What do you mean by this? And I said, I think sometimes kind of like the Groucho Marx syndrome, we think, why would I go to a party or why would I want to be a member of a club that I was invited to? Um, I think we can sometimes without, when we go unconscious, we can try to honor those who don't honor us. We make it like an, a priority to try to get people to love us, like us, maybe on social media or 
people in our family or whoever. It's like the challenging people are the ones we try so hard to please, as opposed to why not just honor those who honor us? Why not just keep the circle small but mighty and feed the ones who feed us? And maybe we would get a lot more energy. Maybe we would go a lot further faster, stronger. So that's kind of a sub theme to that card. You get my gift. I really do. And the card itself is beautiful. Again, Rasuli outdid himself. You see all of these people and they're sort of faded in the background. There's just one, there's a woman and there's just one person with her. And it's odd because it actually looks like she has kids on her lap, but, um, or maybe children around her, but it's really there's not a crowd. It's just these two people, these two adults together, and they're on the leading edge. It's beautiful. Yes. The colors, and the, oh, it's, it's gorgeous. I can't encourage people enough to go get these cards to see the beautiful artwork and read these messages. Oh, you're so sweet, Dance. Thank you. Okay, so let's open up these phone lines for the love of God and all that is holy. <laughs> Jude Latrell. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> Thank you Hello, so much for love. calling the you? show today. Hi, my love. Long time no talk. What questions, thoughts, percolations do you have going on in your beautiful mind today? Well, I, when I was reading your email and it was talking about your guest who's been talking about the, their, their new book, um, yes. from retirement, getting yourself ready from retirement to zen. Um, right. Paraphrasing that. Poised for retirement from yes. anxiety to Zen. Louise Nair. She'll be coming up in, in, at 1130 or at the half hour mark. Yes. So, yes. Thank you for putting it. Really? I, you know, mm-hmm. I just happened to glance at it because I did not retire recently. I resigned from my job and mm. after 25 years. And I'm now segueing into another, fan, well, the most fantastic part of my life, which is my mm. choice of what it is that I want to do. So as I looked at the email this morning and I went, Zen, well, that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting here having a cup of tea and I'm going to Zen out with the counselor. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was thrilled. And then at the same time, when you were talking about the dreams, I had the Mm. wackiest dream. And for the most part, I remember a lot of them. So um, do you want me just to give you a, a highlight of it? Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, please, please, please. Okay. Seemed to be <clears throat> around um, my cat. I lost my, okay. my, my first one just a little bit ago. And this is uh, who I call the monkey. And um, <clears throat> he's not the friendliest cat. It's only because he gets nervous. Excuse me. <clears throat> so in the dream, I was meeting with a friend of mine. She and I had an appointment to go um, and interview this woman. And I'm carrying my cat with me. Don't ask me why, because he would not be the cat that you would ever carry with you, and you don't usually carry cats into, out into the public. And right. so we're in this building, and we're trying to get out, and the elevator isn't working, so we have to take the escalator, and there's tons of people. We're all getting backed up, and um, I'm trying to get to my car. She's trying to get to her car. I'm carrying the cat. Um, People are trying to touch the cat. I'm saying, well, it's not really a good idea. We get to the top of this elevator, mm-hmm. and one of the people that worked in the hotel came over. He was very insistent on reaching out to my cat, Miko. Miko mm. then turns to him, and he gets this really kind of unattractive-looking human face on him mm. and explains 
to him why it is that he needs his space and he needs for him to go away. And I'm looking down and I'm going, oh, he's all of a sudden he's not a very pretty cat anymore. <laughs> then he went back into his cat face. We finally get to our cars. We're pulling out of the parking space. Now, mind you, we are now 35 minutes late for our appointment. This is a really important appointment. And um, she only has one ticket to get out, so the guy at the um, station is having a real issue with me because I'm the one that doesn't have the ticket, and it took me about five minutes to back up to get out, and he wasn't going to help me. And... um, there's some other things that came along the way, but I would say that the theme of this was my relationship with my cat. Oh, my God. Well, I love this dream. So do shall we weigh in? Are you open to hearing some feedback, dude? Oh, please. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. So if it were my dream, the first thing that pops for me is I think of our animals, if they're really our animals from our waking life, that it's like we're carrying our familiar with us. It's like they're part of our our soul and our sacred soul that we're carrying with us. So if, so if it were my dream and I'm carrying my cat, who's not the most friendly cat, um, and then I'm just going to skip over to you. I think of you, Jude, knowing you, you're friendly, you're warm, you're vivacious, you're, you're different than what you, the way you describe the cat, like you're, you'd be super warm, yummy kind of a thing. So to me, it feels like there's an integrating, a holding of the part that says, nope, I've got boundaries. Nope. I don't want to be touched. Nope. I, I'm not friendly. I don't, I'm not feeling it, but I'm carrying, it's like I'm walking around through life, carrying and caring for this part of myself that normally I might've hidden. It might've been more of a shadow aspect that I would have left at home behind closed doors because people might not like me. It's kind of a nuisance um, part of myself, but yet I'm loving that part of myself. I'm carrying that. So even if it makes me late, even if it causes me to not be able to do all the things I would normally do in the most efficient way, there's something about integrating with this energy. That's, that's what pops for me. And then there's something about getting out of this parking place. When I think of parking, I often think of it where we leave our mojo, where we left our energy. And sometimes a lot of people can't find their car in parking lots or can't get out of parking. So when it's difficult, it's kind of like we're wanting to get into drive. We're wanting to get where we want to get, but there's some kind of a stall that we're dealing with, some difficulty. But in the dream, I love that the Jude character figures out, even though it's not easy, she backs up, she does what she needs to do, and eventually she gets on her way. And makes room for her inner cat, which to me is a, it's an interdimensional part of our, our wisdom. And Mm -hmm. it happens to have this, this personality anyway, before Nancy weighs in and how does that feel or does that percolate anything for you? No, I think that that's fantastic. I love that because what it is, it's where I am right now is um, one of the places is balancing and incorporating all facets of my personality and accepting them all, not hiding them, not pushing them aside and pretending like I'm not pretending, but just showing up one way where I'm showing up fully and completely as to who I am. Excuse me. Yes. Yeah, because of the business that I'm getting into, which is being a certified life 
I have to be authentic in what I'm doing and own every part of me in order to be able yes. to work with someone and give them the best of me so that they're open yes. to give the best of them. And I hope that you'll hold on until um, until Louise gets on because I think you're going to get really inspired by her. And you're already doing so much of what she recommends to turn any anxiety retirement or quote unquote retirement into Zen. So you're doing it. You're already finding your next thing. So Nancy T, um, you got some, any feedback for Jude Littrell about her kitty and backing up and trying to get to this appointment on time and all that jazz. Sure. Uh, I, what I heard when the first thing I heard most loud and clear was that this is not the cat that you pick up and this is not the cat that you carry around and generally you don't do that. Mm. And it just, to me, that symbolized an immense strength that you had. This is not mm. necessarily what people do or how people do it, but regardless, this is what I'm doing and I'm strong enough to make this work. And then even with all of that, I can maneuver my way out of this out of this stuck position, which to me sometimes when you're perched, you're just sort of stuck in an emotion or a feeling or a situation or you feel stuck. So it, it, it gives me hope that this new venture you're going on, that you've just got yes. an immense amount of strength and power behind you and you're, and nothing's going to stop you. Mm. I oh, like you. yeah. I could travel with you <laughs> all the time. <laughs> we'll go with you anywhere. We'll go with you yeah. anywhere. Oh, Thank my you. heavens. Thank you so much, Jude. I love it. I love it. And I always think about the saying when it comes to um, dreams that feature characters, whether it be an animal or a person that is not necessarily socially easy. The, the mantra is, my charge is to enlarge. I want to become big enough to incorporate this aspect of myself because there's a gift in it. So let me ask you really quick, Jude, before we let you go. What's the blessing? What's good? This Barbara Marks Hubbard would ask you this too. What's good about um, about this cat, this personality that isn't necessarily so social and friendly? What's good about that? Oh, he is. Um, I was looking at him the other day. I looked down at him and I went, oh my God, you know, I'm the only person that you have. I'm the only living being mm-hmm that can take care of you. And mm. my job as a spiritual being, um, as, you know, a gift of God, is to do everything I can to make you as comfortable and as happy as possible. And um, he's, uh, he and I just connect on some level, whatever it is, we just connect. He understands me, he gets me, um, and he's really, he's not a mean cat. He's just afraid. So, um, but he's also, he's also very um, intuitive. And um, I think he's going to come back in his next life as a makeup artist because he sits on my <laughs> counter and watches everything that I, I'm putting my makeup on. Oh, I love him. Thank you so much. That's so beautiful. Maybe we'll all have our makeup done by Miko yeah. the cat in the I next mean, life. I'm no, going to be on. It's furry person who will be putting our makeup on. I don't know. He's just discerning. You know, they're all animals are so wonderfully unique. And this one is um, just very dear. And uh, 
I adore him. Mm, how beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Jude. I so appreciate you. So keep us posted with all the cool things that you're up to in your dreams. Thank you so much. Well, thank you both very much. Uh-huh. Oh, I love that dream. Okay, so we've got um, Mr. Keith is on hold here. Let's we're gonna get right to this. So Keith, is that Keith Anthony Blanchard? I believe it is. I think it is. Hello, girl. Hello. Hello, Keith Anthony Blanchard. <laughs> Welcome to Unity Online Radio to Ask Dr. Dream Show. Welcome. And what is your dream? Is it do you want to share some more about the wild one you talked about on the Facebook Live pre-show? I do, but I would like to uh, share something with you. I heard um, when you were online uh, having the uh, conversation on Facebook, as well as Mm -hmm. intro to this show, you were talking about radical transformation. Yeah. I've been working on a book for the last year titled Radical Transformation (laughs) and how all this can be relating to what's happening in the world, newly France, um, that we are in a period of energy that is moving so intensely that it requires a radical transformation just to keep up. Yes, exactly, oh, exactly. Yeah. I think Barbara Marks Hubbard would say that. She talked about um, so often that when it came to, like in the times of crisis and breakdown is when our quantum leaps appear. That's when we take a quantum jump in consciousness. And, and it's always been that way throughout millennia. So why, wouldn't, why would that stop now? And I love that you mm. just brought that up, Keith, because it's like, I mean, Notre Dame is so symbolic of religion and and the the religious structure. And as much as I love Notre Dame and as um, a former Catholic, and I still love certain aspects of Catholicism, I get great comfort when I travel and I get to sit in these beautiful churches. And I've loved mm. Notre Dame and gotten so much heart, spirit, strength being in there. I can't help but think that there's revolution and transformation happening spiritually and on a religion level. What do you think about that? It's a downfalling and it's an uprising. Ooh, um, people, nice. It's anarchy. It's rebellion. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's all these qualities. And I guess it depends on your vantage point and your intention. Yeah. Uh, what there's, there's something on the movie with Val Kimmer at first sight. The doctor mm. says, you know, it's not only about seeing. You must look as well. Mm. Wow. Ooh. Right? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's not only about seeing. It's about, it's not only about seeing. He it's about looking. He was blind and he was trying to gain his sight. And the doctor said, you know, he just got his sight for the first time since he was a child. And he says, you know, the best lesson I can teach you as a doctor, and I can't really teach you this. You have to do this on your own. It's not, it's not only about seeing. It's about looking. What is that famous quote? Uh, a blind man once said, you don't need sight to climb Mount Everest. You need vision. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> so, so true. In fact, there was a documentary that I was invited to the screening of called, I think it was called Blind Faith, and it was about these blind Tibetan children that climbed the Himalayas, that climbed Mm. Mount Kilimanjaro, like literally did this. And then I got to meet them. They were there at the screening. It's like, what? Yeah. And talk about having vision. Wow. 
So true. And we need that now. And I think not to be obsessed with Barbara Marks Hubbard and, but I think, you know, we're, she just passed away this last week. So I feel like we're in that special window period of really honoring her and celebrating her. And hopefully we will forever and ever, but she would, she would say, let's, I don't know, let's look for the positive. Let's find something good about this because it energizes us and, and we can always find it if we, if we do. And why would we want to do that? Because it might, I don't know, it might give us the ability to, to see or to look, not just to see. I think we have to though, we have to go out of our way to look behind the scenes to see what's positive about something that might seem so tragic on the surface. So you had a dream that we just barely got to talk about. We've only got a couple minutes here. So let's just be, let's just be quick like and get to it. I know you were being chased, haunted by ghosts. And then there were a bunch of alien ships up in the sky. Is there anything (laughs) you want to mention before I butcher it before we dive in? No, that, that was, that was pretty much it. I came to a state of awareness of to find someone trying to occupy my, what I would assume would be my body trying to not get me. And I realized after talking to you both on Facebook that what I likely have missed was that it was trying to get my attention. The only way it knew how to was to say, let me in here, and I'm squirming. But mm-hmm. I wasn't afraid. I was just aware when I'm in that space and these lower energies or even my own lower ideas, mind you. I, mm-hmm. I don't freak out. I find my center, and if, it's, if I feel like it's an entity, I'm like, you better go play with someone else. <laughs> this sandbox ain't too nice for your kind, right? <laughs> Oh my God! But I don't. I, I don't feel this. like I was being attacked. I just felt like it was trying to do whatever they do naturally. And then when I went outside from that experience, I look up and there's all these starships. Oh wow! So in a way, if I may just dive in, do you mind yeah. if I do really quick because we're about to go to break in a second? I think sometimes the the amygdala, when the that part of our brain that that it goes into panic mode, in dreams sometimes it gets activated by scary things in order to get our attention, and if we honor it, not necessarily <laughs> acting from a fear based place, but but we we look at it, we shine our light on it, then we're given a reward and going outside and seeing these ships. Oh my heaven. I think there's so much more to this dream that we have to unpack when we come back from this break. Cause I think it says so much about the nature of fear and how to overcome it. So when we come back from this break, we're going to be talking not only to um, some of you about your dreams, but we also have Louise Nair and her book is called poised for retirement, moving from anxiety to Zen. You want to hear this. It's so packed with information. So stay tuned. We'll be right back here on Ask Dr. Dream on Unity Online Radio. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. 
Here's a Unity Wisdom Moment with Iyanla Van Zandt, taken from a Celebrate Your Life event in Phoenix, Arizona. The universe is not going to wait for you. And if you keep talking yourself out of what you're told to do because of your negative self-talk or the crazy you inherited, somebody else is going to pick up on the idea. How many times have you been told to do something and you start figuring out the how? But the philosopher Nietzsche told us if you've got a strong enough what, the how will be provided. The way you do the things that the universe is calling you to do is don't ask how. When you get the instruction, just start moving. Everything else will show up for you. To find a Celebrate Your Life event near you, visit CelebrateYourLife.com. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Discover Unity Village, and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. More and more people are interested in a vegan lifestyle, and the numbers continue to grow. Join Victoria Moran every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central for Main Street Vegan and learn how to make the shift to help animals and the planet. Each week, Victoria shares recipes, health tips, and interviews with celebrity vegans, experts, and activists. Learn how to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Right here on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back. Dr. Dream, this is Kelly Sullivan Walden. So excited to be with you and forgive some of the skips and and funkiness in my recording today. I'm out of my normal place. I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico at Garden of the Goddess, which is quite lovely. You can look it up online, gardenofthegoddess.com. It's gorgeous, except my internet's cutting out. So forgive me for all that. Um, and I know if you didn't hear the earlier part of the show, Nancy pulled a really awesome hero's journey dream Oracle card, Nancy, what was it called? It was the, um, never a crowd on the leading edge. Is that? Yes, exactly. What it's called. Never a crowd on the leading edge. Honor those who honor, honor those. you. 
honor those who honor you. Nah, 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 nah. Okay. So, or, yeah, and or else, or else. So really quickly, I just want to say um, something about Keith's awesome dream. There's a lot of people that I, I hear with dreams about being some, some kind of haunting, some kind of um, ghost, and then also dreams about aliens. And here's my two quick thoughts on the subject. I think that um, our fears are, are legit, but most of, at least in my world, most of the fears that I've had have been um, figments. They've been not necessarily realities in and of themselves. They've been like scary thoughts. And I feel like my mind training has been to look at the ghost and say, what's good about you? What do you need from me? What do you want? As opposed to staying scared. And it sounded like Keith was approaching that dream from a curiosity perspective, not running, not hiding, but but addressing those fears, those ghosts of the past. And so many times I know people, when they do dream theater and face the ghosts, they realize that it's a blessing. It's like an angel in disguise that they'd been running from. But either way, you come outside and this dream opens up and you're, there's this sky full of alien ships. And my first thought is what's most alien to most of us is our own power, We've only accessed a tiny scamidgeon, if that's an official word, a tiny drop mm-hmm. in the bucket compared to all the power that we have. So what's alien is our power and to suddenly be present to it. And it's higher up. You've got to look above in order to access it. So I have a really positive feeling about this dream, although I'm sure some people might look at it and say, oh, my God, we're going to hell in a handbasket. But I can't help but be very inspired by Keith's dream. What about you, Nance? I feel the same. I you know, right away, I think of sometimes ghosts can be considered more earthly energies, even though they're they're ethereal. They they feel more grounded, yes. more on the linear plane. And then when when you go outside, and all of a sudden there's these alien ships, which it feels like he's tapping into his higher self. And the fact that yeah. he was serious when he was facing those ghosts, and then he comes out and he he just keeps growing, growing, getting more evolved and higher. Yeah. I, I love it. It's a beautiful dream. But we it both always think that, don't we, Cal? <laughs> I think there's we no do. such thing as a bad dream. I mean, they might be funky yeah. and they might scare us, but everything in this universe, according to Einstein and Barbara Marks Hubbard, would co-sign on that, that everything is moving in the direction of supporting us toward our highest good. So speaking of supporting us in our highest good, oh my goodness, we have a wonderful guest and her name is Louise Nair. And she's an educator, workshop leader, and the author of five books, and most recently, Poised for Retirement, Moving from Anxiety to Zen. It chronicles the five months leading up to her decision to leave her 27-year community college teaching job in order to dedicate herself to writing. She was recently interviewed by Forbes magazine, and her previous book, Burned, a memoir about her family story, about her parents who were severely burned when she was four, and how she, her and her sister coped with the nine-month separation of her mother's facial disfigurement. Anyway, that book was an Oprah great read and the winner of the Wisconsin Library Association Award. She is a member of the Writer's Grotto, where she teaches memoir workshops, and she's just amazing. She's also been interviewed on NPR, and she's just a rock star. And I'm so happy to have you on the show, Louise Nair. Thank you so much for joining us here on Unity Online Radio, Ask Dr. Dream. Thank you so much for having me. 
I have to say that um, honestly, I had resistance to this topic because I don't like the word retirement at all. Um, it, it makes me feel depressed and like, oh my God, it feels like a tombstone. <laughs> and my husband just produced a show for PBS called Ageless Living. And basically the the consensus was don't ever retire, just don't retire, just transition mm -hmm. out of whatever your job was, but do something you love. And that's basically what you do. And I just have to say, your writing is so beautiful. This here's my there's the last thing I say, and I want you to talk for the rest of the show. Um, that one's fine. You, what what I love about what you do in this book, it's chock full with how tos, how to go from anxiety to zen with regards to retirement. But you don't do it preachy at all. It's very much ensconced in your own narrative, in your own story, and your own struggle with how you found this. It's so not on a lofty pedestal, but it's like you found the lofty pedestal by by climbing and working so hard to do it. It's just such a generous, loving, interesting, and entertaining book. I just thank you so much for writing it. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your show. Mm. Well, I know that um, Jude Luttrell called in earlier and she's still listening and she's in the midst of transitioning in her life out of her job that's been paying her bills and she's transitioning towards being um, a life coach. And I know that's one of the things that you talk about is having a, a next step, having a next thing that you're passionate about. So in whatever place you want to start in, give us a little bit of what you think is most important for people to know as they transition from their ordinary world into the special world of not having to be confined by your regular job? Well, you know, I think it, it, one thing to know is that retirement uh, isn't a tombstone and there are all, all those fears about aging. It's really living your life. And you get to hopefully, if you're financially able to, you get to make more choices about how you want to live your life. So for me, um, first of all, I knew I had to retire. I was just getting so exhausted. You know, I used to oh, just walk up the stairs to teach my classes with my backpack on my back, and suddenly I was taking the elevator. And I wanted mm. to mention, too, I had a number of dreams before retirement. Mm. And Yay. one was I saw a big warehouse elevator, and I saw mm. skeletons on the elevator beckoning me. And I thought, oh, oh if I take that elevator, I'm going to be warehoused. So there were a lot of fears that came up through the dreams. Um, mm. And then I knew I would have to take my uh, younger daughter off my health plan because mm. it was just unaffordable to keep her on after I retired. And I had a dream that I was wading through mud trying to get mm. to a Kaiser facility. So there were a lot of um, anxiety dreams. And I'm not one of the people who could retire and have enough money, and I know there are a lot of people out there in that same position. So I did know that I would have to do some work, a little bit of teaching, and mainly I could do what I wanted, which was to do writing, you know, and in the case of um, your friend, life coaching, or something new that you, you're deciding to do. 
And so what I did was before I retired, I joined the Writer's Grotto, uh, where Mm -hmm. I knew I would have space to go to and also a community. And that's one thing that comes up in every book about retirement, that it's so important to have social interaction. You know, whether you go to a local coffee shop once a week and Mm -hmm. hang out with some friends, whether you make some dates, and if you're a very shy person, sometimes it's good to start planning for that. Maybe get in touch with some old high school friends. Now with Facebook, people can do that. Um, make mm. some dates. This one woman I knew at her retirement party had um, a book out at, with mm. a calendar. And so she made all these dates with people. Oh, and Yeah, which was a great idea. So... It's important to think about um, what you need. Some people need more social interaction than others, and start planning before you retire to to have that. Right. You know, go to think of places you might want to volunteer if you can do that, and check them out. And by the way, you know, you were talking about the book as being really my story. You know, the reality is it's not easy to suddenly move from a comfortable place that you've been in for maybe over 20 years and then go to a new environment. And and mm-hmm. I felt it was like middle school, you know, will they <laughs> like me? Maybe what should I wear? I, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. that caught up with dressing, but suddenly it was like, oh my gosh, what should I wear? Maybe I should have my hair cut. <laughs> um, so a lot of those feelings come up and it's important One of the reasons I wrote the book was it's just important to acknowledge those feelings. Acknowledge you might have weird dreams. My my husband had dreams he was going to die before he retired. You know, he Mm. would be running and then wouldn't make it across the finish line. And instead of feeling like, oh, this is weird or something's wrong with me, I think it's just so important to say, you know, it's a huge life transition and acknowledge those emotions and those fears and then try and think about ways that you can make it easier on yourself. Well, I love that one of the tools that you reference over and over again is hypnosis. And yes. um, and one in particular is being able to recognize that transitions are not easy, whether it's even just like going from the, your house to the coffee shop, walking down the right. street, going right. somewhere new, and then and doing the taking a deep breath to the count of four, and then letting it out to the count of eight. So let's let me just invite everybody to try that right now. Just imagine okay. you're transitioning from one place to the next. We're all going to take in a deep breath to the count of four. Ready? Four. Okay. Now hold it and then let it out to the count of eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four, three, two, one. Ah, and I think when we pay attention to our breath and we're counting, we can't be thinking of all the five million things in our head about the, well, they like me. Should I cut my hair? Are my shoes cute? (laughs) And, And I know we've got a hypnotherapist that's on the line that's been holding for a very long time. So I'm going to just invite him in to ask whatever question he's got. So Christopher, thank you so much for being patient and holding for a while. Did you have a question for Louise Nair or a dream to share? Or what's on your heart and mind? <laughs> Hi, uh, Kelly. Yeah, I Hi. had a dream about a lot of fear last night, and it surprised mm-hmm. me because my 
uh, I thought what I was about was uh, sorrow recently. Oh. My dog, beloved dog, died suddenly over the weekend. Oh, my God. And I so know. I my heart is with you, Chris. Oh, my God. Oh, that's a big of, one. Uh, sadness and realized I've been reading a book called Waking the Tiger about you uh, healing trauma and taking adva- recognizing animal emotions and instincts in oneself. And one of the things he said was that all fear is about separation. And I realized a part of my feelings about uh, Starship were just about that, about separation, uh, but they didn't have to be. And I thought about when his brother died a few months ago, that he, instead of hanging frozen in fear of separation, he took on a lot of his brother's qualities. He became Mm -hmm. friendlier and more social and uh, warmer. And uh, so that was an amazing thing. And I now promise him that I'm going to take on his spirit, uh, those qualities, and transfer them to the next uh, puppy that uh, uh, that I get and move beyond the sort of frozen in fear animal state that uh, is so easy to get into. I wanted to thank you for the theme of your show, too. I think everybody these days has at least three different careers, so moving <laughs> from one to the other and aiding in that is super important. And I wanted to thank you much. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, I'd love to respond because, first of all, I've had two dogs in my life. And when my dog died at 16 and it was an accidental death, it was one of the hardest things in my life. And um, we finally got a new dog. But I wanted to mention that in my book, I also um, talk about a three-minute self-hypnosis technique, and it was Mm -hmm. taught to me by a hypnotist who since passed away named Isabel Gilbert, who um, was amazing. I started having panic attacks when I was 42, which is the age at which my mother was burned, and my own children then were four and six, which is the age my sister and I were when she was burned. And some people call it an anniversary reaction. And, you know, suddenly it, I really felt like I was just possessed by fear, you know, it, as um, Christopher was talking about, just fear taking over. And uh, I, I, I learned this very quick hypnosis technique, um, which was, basically to to think of a beautiful place and then um, for a couple of, you know, a minute or two and just be there and hear all the smells and the sounds and the birds and then give yourself a suggestion. And at that point, I was having trouble driving across bridges. So I just said, I drive easily across bridges. And later, when I was about to retire, I gave myself the suggestion you know, this transition will be joyful. And I could, if I did, and then, and then you just take deep breaths and come out of it. And what's interesting is my hypnotist said a lot of people say, I don't have three minutes in the day to do this. <laughs> and, and, and it's amazing.
amazing how sometimes we just feel we're too busy to take three minutes out. And as mm-hmm. everybody knows, probably when Kelly just did the taking the deep breaths, I mean, I took a deep breath then, and I just felt so much more relaxed. So yeah. that really helped me. And again, my heart goes out for the loss of your dog. It was, oh boy, that was probably oh. one of the hardest things I went through. And yet pets are so wonderful for um, people in retirement, too. You know, they just sit there with their furry little presence and give you comfort, you know, when you're going through all these different feelings. Yeah, animal uh, animal assistant therapy, AAT, is uh, clinically proven and amazing. What kind of surprised me as I thought about it is that I was learning from the dog instead of what we normally think about, which is training dogs or teaching them. the Also, uh, doing something active like you did with hypnosis and getting over it, doing something right. active, I think, is great, rather than staying passive in the feeling of helplessness. Exactly. And, uh, just reacting to the fear. Doing something active really right. helps yank you out of it. And actually, um, I was looking in retirement for the perfect volunteer opportunity. And because I am still writing and teaching, I didn't have tons of time. But our new dog, Ella, just loves everybody, Um, loves Mm. people, loves other animals. So she is an animal-assisted therapy dog. And tomorrow night we're going to Langley Porter Psychiatric Unit, where we've been going. Uh. And she just lies on people's laps. And oh. it's wonderful for her, and it's wonderful for me, you know, because mm. it just gives me such joy. And I don't have to do it. I do it twice a month, so it's not, you know, it's not Don't a lot you. of commitment, which is what I didn't want that. And so it's perfect. But it took me it took me a few years to find the perfect volunteer opportunity. So that's one thing that you know people can do pre-retirement, go into places and think, well, where could I be useful? Where could I give help? It could be tutoring at a local library if you you know like being around kids. Could be working with um, seniors. And so it's really good to almost do tastings of different places mm-hmm. where you could be and go. I think in a nutshell, it's so important to have role models for how to do this. And if if nothing else, I think your book gives you that. And I, I don't want to give the ending of the book away, but people will kind of get a sense that it ends on a very happy note. <laughs> she, <laughs> Louise ends, I mean, she's like, you know, you've published five books in your retirement. You've really like turned in turned quote unquote retirement, which I feel like it needs another name, but until then we'll just right. call it quote unquote retirement as <laughs> ma- the opportunity to make the best of the rest of your life, to have it be your time to do what you came to this planet to do. 
and to, right. and to explore your gifts, explore your talents that you didn't have time for before. And not just your own talents and your writing, but your ability to contribute to people and, and, and by doing service that you might not have been able to do before. So I just think it's amazing. And I, I just so love the people that listen to this show and contribute. I, Jude Luttrell called in earlier and talking about her animal too. We've got such synchronicity, Chris with his <laughs> dog, Starship and Jude with Mako or Mako, her her cat. And I think our Aww. animals are showing up in our dreams to do exactly what Chris said, to incorporate their energy into us. And even if it's like Jude's Jude's cat, she said was was kind of skittish and scared, but still Aww. super intuitive. And it's like I think we can just make room for that energy and then carry it with us as a way of paying tribute to those animals and making our lives stronger and better and more connected. So Louise, and we have about five minutes, give us a few more things that are important for people to keep in mind in order to go from anxiety to Zen. So you've talked about hypnosis. You've talked about even self-hypnosis, having kind of doing the sampling, the post-retirement or pre-retirement sampling. What are some other things besides reading your wonderful book, Poised for Retirement, going from anxiety to Zen? Well, you know, one thing I wanted to say, and I think it's important, is that a lot of people have said to me, well, you have a passion, writing, so that Mm -hmm. makes it easy to go into retirement. And I started to think about how to respond, and I realized having one passion is not always wonderful. You're driven, you you want to succeed, Mm -hmm. you don't want to get bad reviews of your books. And so I would just say to people that you can take a walk on the beach with friends. You can visit family. I had a friend who moved to be near her grandchildren. Um, you don't. You can do really whatever you want, and you don't have to be the best at it. You can dabble in things. Can do a little more exercise, and you can do different things. So. Um, I think it's important for people to feel that it's an open field. You can look in your garage and look at hobbies that you loved when you were younger and start doing some painting again, or even if you're not going to be a ballet dancer anymore, maybe go to the ballet. You know, figure out ways to add joy to your life, taking maybe threads of the past and something oh. that you want want to keep doing. I think about my my dad. My dad um he was a chief of police and he retired from that and then he became a special ed teacher and as he retired from that he showed me this list that he made of all these wild careers that he had a list of that he never got a chance to pursue, including being a a cowboy and an astronaut. But one of the things was to be a merchant Marine. And one of them was to be an actor. Nancy, you'll get a kick out of this. Nancy's also an actress. But for about a month, my dad explored, he went on a ship and was like a um, some kind of a, I don't know, it was like a volunteer merchant Marine. And he was like, okay, got that out of my system. And then 
it was during the time that I was acting and my dad said, maybe I could do some extra work. Anyway, I got my dad a few little gigs and they ended up booking him as an actor, not just an extra. And after a couple of months when he was done, all these casting agents were calling me to try to get a hold of my dad. And I'm like, they don't want me. They want my dad. But it was so, it was so fun that he was exploring these past careers. So it wasn't even like hobbies so much as other alternate lifetimes that you didn't get to get to live. Nancy, did you know about that, about my dad becoming a sought after actor and not wanting to do it? <laughs> no, I do remember you saying that. I was like, of all the luck, right? <laughs> awesome. Exactly. No, that's a great story. Oh my God. It's like getting calls from all the big casting directors. They're like, can we get your dad? They don't want me. Like, oh, <laughs> man, this never happens. But of course, he's all done with it. Okay, so in yeah. the minute that we have, Louise, give us maybe one of your biggest takeaways. Give us something that you've learned now in your, how many years? Five years into retirement? How many years has it been? Yeah, yeah. Well, boy, going on seven, actually, now. Great. So what is it yeah, like for I, you? The biggest takeaway, I I would say, is to do something every day that you love and also mm. make contact with somebody every day, you know, whether mm. it's a, you know, partner, a friend, a, a, somebody at a local cafe, have that social interaction and also do something for yourself. Um, to keep healthy, because that's very, very important in retirement, keeping our bodies, minds, souls healthy, getting enough rest. Well, Louise Nayer, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest today. Her website is louisenayer.com, and her book is Poised for Retirement, Going from Anxiety to Zen. Thank you for joining me today on Unity Online Radio. Next week, we'll take you and your dreams, and until then... Don't take your dreams lying down. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.